Part 2, Chapter 2, Section 49 of The Life of Jesus Critically Examined by David Friedrich Strauss, translated by George Eliot. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Part 2, History of the Public Life of Jesus. Chapter 2, Baptism and Temptation of Jesus. Section 49, Why Did Jesus Receive Baptism from John? In conformity with the evangelical view of the fact, the customary answer given by the orthodox to this question is that Jesus, by his submission to John's baptism, signified his consecration to the messianic office, an explanation which is supported by a passage in Justin, according to which it was the Jewish notion that the Messiah would be unknown as such to himself and others until Elias, as his forerunner, should anoint him, and thereby make him distinguishable by all. The Baptist himself, however, as he is represented by the first evangelist, could not have partaken of this design, for had he regarded his baptism as a consecration which the Messiah must necessarily undergo, he would not have hesitated to perform it on the person of Jesus chapter three verse fourteen our former inquiries have shown that john's baptism related partly ice tone erkomenon its recipients promising a believing preparation for the expected messiah how then could jesus if he was conscious of being himself the erkomenos submit himself to this baptism the usual answer from the orthodox point of view is that Jesus, although conscious of his messiahship, yet, so long as it was not publicly attested by God, spoke and acted not as messiah, but merely as an Israelite, who held himself bound to obey every divine ordinance relative to his nation. But here there is a distinction to be made. Negatively, it became Jesus to refrain from performing any messianic deeds, or using any of the Messiah's prerogatives, before his title was solemnly attested. Even positively, it became him to submit himself to the ordinances which were incumbent on every Israelite, but to join in a new rite, which symbolized the expectation of another and a future Messiah, could never, without dissimulation, be the act of one who is conscious of being the actual messiah himself more recent theologians have therefore wisely admitted that when jesus came to john for baptism he had not a decided conviction of his messiahship they indeed regard this uncertainty as only the struggle of modesty paulus for instance observes that jesus notwithstanding he had heard from his parents of his messianic destination and had felt this first intimation confirmed by many external incidents as well as by his own spiritual development was not yet over-eager to appropriate the honour which had been as it were thrust upon him but if the previous narratives concerning jesus be regarded as a history and therefore of necessity as a supernatural one, then must he, who was heralded by angels, miraculously conceived, 
welcomed into the world by the homage of magi and prophets and who in his twelfth year knew the temple to be his father's house have long held a conviction of his messiahship above all the scruples of a false modesty if on the contrary it be thought possible by criticism to reduce the history of the childhood of jesus to a merely natural one there is no longer anything to account for his early belief that he was the messiah and the position which he adopted by the reception of john's baptism becomes instead of an affected diffidence a real ignorance of his messianic destiny too modest continue these commentators to declare himself messiah on his own authority jesus fulfilled all that the strictest self-judgment could require and wished to make the decisive experiment whether the deity would allow that he as well as every other should dedicate himself to the coming messiah or whether a sign would be granted that he himself was the ergomenos but to do something seen to be inappropriate merely to try whether god will correct the mistake is just such a challenging of the divine power as jesus shortly after his baptism decidedly condemns thus it must be allowed that the baptism of john being a baptism if jesus could submit himself to it without dissimulation or presumption he could not at the time have held himself to be that ergomenos and if he really uttered the words suffer it to be so now etc which however could only be called forth by the refusal of the baptist a refusal that stands or falls with his previous conviction of the messiahship of jesus he could only mean by them that it became him with every pious israelite to devote himself by anticipation to the expected messiah in baptism although the evangelist instructed by the issue put on them a different construction but the relation hitherto discussed is only one aspect of john's baptism the other which is yet more strongly attested by history shows it as a baptism of repentance the israelites we are told matthew chapter 3 verse 6 were baptized of john confessing their sins shall we then suppose that jesus made such a confession they received the command to repent did jesus acknowledge such a command this difficulty was felt even in the early church in the gospel of the hebrews adopted by the nazarenes jesus asks his mother and brother when invited by them to receive john's baptism wherein he had sinned that his baptism was needful for him and an heretical apocryphal work appears to have attributed to jesus a confession of his own sins at his baptism the sum of what modern theologians have contributed towards the removal of this difficulty consists in the application to jesus of the distinction between what a man is as an individual and what he is as a member of the community he needed say they no repentance on his own behalf but aware of its necessity for all other men the children of abraham not excepted, 
he wished to demonstrate his approval of an institute which confirmed this truth and hence he submitted to it but let the reader only take a nearer view of the facts according to matthew chapter three verse six john appears to have required a confession of sins previous to baptism such a confession jesus presupposing his impeccability could not deliver without falsehood if he refused john would hardly baptize him for he did not yet believe him to be the messiah and from every other israelite he must have considered a confession of sins indispensable the non-compliance of jesus might very probably originate the dispute to which matthew gives a wholly different character but certainly if the refusal of john had such a cause the matter could scarcely have been adjusted by a mere suffer it to be so now for no confession being given the baptist would not have perceived that all righteousness was fulfilled even supposing that a confession was not required of every baptized person john would not conclude the ceremony of baptism without addressing the neophyte on the subject of repentance could jesus tacitly sanction such an address to himself when conscious that he needed no regeneration and would he not in so doing perplex the minds which were afterwards to believe in him as the sinless one we will even abandon the position that john so addressed the neophytes and only urge that the gestures of those who plunged into the purifying water must have been those of contrition yet if jesus conformed himself to these even in silence without referring them to his own condition he cannot be absolved from the charge of dissimulation there is then no alternative but to suppose that as jesus had not up to the time of his baptism thought of himself as the messiah so with regard to the repentance we may have justly ranked himself amongst the most excellent in israel without excluding himself from what is predicated in job chapter four verse eighteen and chapter fifteen verse fifteen there is little historical ground for controverting this for the words which of you convinceth me of sin john chapter eight verse forty six could only refer to open delinquencies and to a later period in the life of jesus the scene in his twelfth year even if historical could not by itself prove a sinless development of his powers end of section forty nine